Welcome back to series three of Learning As I Go. I can't actually believe I'm finally saying this because I've been working so hard behind the scenes, but trust me, we are back bigger, better than ever. Brand new location, big name guests, incredible stories, and also a brand new sponsor, British Triathlon. Big shout out to British Triathlon. I'll be telling you more about that later on in the episode. Firstly, I want to introduce my first guest, the amazing Claudia Fogarty. This girl entered the Love Island Villa in true iconic fashion with bright red wings on, looking super confident and she absolutely owned it. But I've known this girl for a long time now and she's not always been super confident. She's blossomed over the last few years and has been on a real personal journey, especially with her relationship to her weight. So I want to talk about that today, but also talk about what it's like to be part of the famous Fogarty family. Her dad is a superbike world champion and I want to get to know the real Claudia. So please sit back, listen, tune in to another episode of Learning As I Go. And let's get ready to learn another life lesson. This is a special moment for me. First of all, it's the first episode of Series 3 of Learn As I Go. And I'm sat here with someone who I just absolutely adore. Aww, and I cry already. <laughs> I'm just so proud of you and the journey you've been on over the last few years, not just over the last few months, yeah. but Claudia Fogarty, straight from the Love Island Villa, looking a million dollars. Thank you. How, how are you feeling? I'm the first one here. I feel so privileged in the new little setting. Yeah, the first one with the Stock Exchange Hotel, beautiful setting, snazzy couches. But um, how does this compare to, to the Love Island Villa? Oh my God, it's so much more relaxed. Is it? <laughs> Yeah, it just feels a lot more calmer here. Like, obviously, you've got cameras in your face there all the time, but you you do soon forget. But I feel like it kind of has eased me in. Like since coming back, I feel very eased into like camera life now, being around yeah, it. So you're a natural, aren't you? Well, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but, but talk about it because literally, your entrance right into the Love Island Villa. Because obviously, we're managing you now. Before you went in yeah. everything else, and we were waiting for you to go in there. In there, you were over. Um, in South Africa for three weeks before you oh, actually went in, which was, must have been horrendous. Yeah. But when we discovered that you were going in on that challenge, right, our minds were blown because we knew that was going to be a massive moment for you. And so you good. just you just owned it. You walked out in these bright red wings and you just looked a million dollars. But how did you feel at that moment? Because that must have been nerve-wracking. Oh, the one thing I did not want to do was walking on that challenge. And I said it to my mum like, before I went. I was like, oh, please, I hope they don't do this to me. And that morning... Um, I was like, what do I need to wear tonight when I come? He was like, oh, don't worry, we've got your outfit sorted. And I was like, I knew what that meant. I was like, oh my God, I know what I'm doing. So they came out in this like, Anne Summers lingerie and these wings. I was like, are you actually having a laugh? Because asked me a few years ago, I would never in a million years have done something like that. Um, and even that moment, I was like, I can't do it. But like, they so boosted up and like, right, you know, you, you're fine, you can do it. And the music helped and everyone was cheering. I asked it four times because the wings fell off. So that was like, even more like anxiety. But I just went for it. Like, I probably, like, when I was, I've seen, like, a few comments that, you know, you weren't that confident going in. But I was like, you try walking in there, all these faces looking at you. Like, it's the first time they've seen you. Um, but I did feel, like, a bit powerful when I did it. And, and um, it was just... You must have just grown on the spot from doing something like that. Yeah. Like, anything else that was kind of thrown your way in a villa must have been so much easier. Well, it's an icebreaker, isn't it? Like, you've kind of done the most, like, intense, awkward moment. After that, you kind of felt fine. So it was kind of good to go in at that point. Because I look at like some of the other girls, how they walked in and it's just sat there like waiting for them to come out yeah. on a day. Like at least I've gone in, like made a bit of an impact and then like had time to kind of like, you know, calm down a bit. But 
It's got to be like the best moments walking on. Hundred percent, probably the best entrance I've ever seen really? into the villa. And I'm obviously watched every series since I've been in there, and I was just blown away. But for me, it was like it was kind of it reflected your personality because yeah. obviously I saw you at Danielle's wedding, yeah. um, which was last August, and I just remember when you walked through um, on the terrace, and I was just blown away because really? I'm not seeing you for like maybe a year or so, yeah. and you had completely transformed, not just like physically but like mentally as well there's something different about you you just had an air of confidence and if i hope you don't mind me saying but i just and i think i did say this to you you blossomed like you literally blossomed but like talk to me about your relationship to yourself and confidence over the years and what's kind of changed god i feel like i've never ever been a confident person i think everyone sees me as this like fun happy like bubbly mm -hmm. ball of energy and i will always show that and i'll never ever let anyone into how i'm actually feeling and how sometimes i am very insecure i've never been confident you know, I've grown up with like a stunning sister, like my friends are all like tiny, they're beautiful. And it's just something I've always, like even now to like today, like I am obviously a lot more confident, but I don't think you'll ever, I'll ever be a hundred percent in myself. And it's like, mm. it's a weird thing you'll always battle with. I broke up with someone a few years ago. And at that point I remember looking in the mirror thinking, what are you doing? Like I was a lot heavier, I didn't feel good in myself. Like I just let myself go. So I just knew something had to happen. Like. Confidence builds and builds and builds. I think when you lose weight, you just feel better in yourself. Like, um, but when I saw you at the wedding, I'd just broken up with somebody else. And I'm not saying it was all bad, but I think me having that new lease of like a single life and having no one to answer to and you know not being dragged down by someone was also a big help for me then. Mm -hmm. And then over the summer, I just completely blossomed, like grew as a person and became someone that I've always wanted to be. And that was just due to being like single and just I, getting rid of. And I think that's such an important message to share, right? Because some people, We'll look at a show like Love Island yeah. and see you walking in, looking amazing uh, and, and as stunning as you are, but not really understanding that there's a backstory to that yeah. and that you've had to go through your own journey. And I think that's part of the reason why I wanted to get you on as a guest, mm. not necessarily to talk about Love Island, but to talk about your journey because yeah. the person that I met at that wedding, you were just absolutely glowing. You were thriving. You had this new lease of life. But like you said before, I know that that Claudia I met a few years ago wasn't necessarily that person. Wow. And you even talked to me um, personally about how you used to hide from pictures. Oh and, God, yeah. and obviously like Danielle, um, your sister, for anyone who doesn't know, Danielle is an influencer, Danielle Fogarty. She's stunning and she's very petite. Yeah. Um, and you Naturally said, petite. It's never had to go to the gym in a line. Yeah. Never had to literally move a finger and will always be so skinny. Yeah, so you, you said that obviously being compared to her and having yeah. to be on pictures and everything else, that was something that you really struggled yeah, with. Tell well, me a little bit about that. I feel like people are like, well, we never knew you were like bigger. Like on pictures you don't, but like, like you said, I would always hide, I'd stand in the middle. I had like a way of like being in a picture and obviously like editing pictures, like that became a thing. So I was like, I don't be able to see how big I actually am. Um, and then it wasn't until I took a picture with no clothes on and literally saw the raw picture of me, I was like, oh my God. But yeah, like with Danielle, it's hard. Like we've got two sides of the family, like a Foggerty side and a Bond side. And the Foggerty's are all thin and they don't have to like work out and they don't have to do anything really. Whereas the Bonds obviously are a bit different. So I got the Bond jeans, she got the Foggerty jeans. <laughs> so I was like, brilliant. <laughs> and I think like growing up with her, I think I was just the funny one, the one that everyone laughed at, the personality. Like, you know, cool, you've got personality, it's fine. <laughs> I was like, but I don't want personality. I want the looks as well. Like I want to be like that amazing girl. And it isn't all about how you look. I know that and I've learned to know that. But I think with Danielle because she was just that like supermodel look and didn't even have to try. It was hard and it wasn't her fault. Obviously, I mean, she, not her fault at all. We were just so different. So I think it was always in me. I think because I was like the tomboy as well. Like I used to do all the stuff for my dad and looks and everything for me. And then growing up getting your 20s, it was like a part of me was like, 
a bit not jealous but a bit like well why can't I be like that like mm. why do I struggle why can't I just be be the same size as her but you know not everyone can be as lucky and you know it was hard mm. work but but when you talk about being heavier if you don't mind me asking like yeah. just for the context of the listeners like how much weight did you actually lose to, to get that confidence back out like I think I lost about three, just under three stone I remember the day when it switched in me and I was I had a PT that morning and I said, look, I, my life needs to change now. So because I'm, it was after Christmas, I was like, I'm sick of feeling like bloated and fat. And I'm not saying I was fat because people will look at the pictures and think you were not mm. fat. Mm. You were just very like, curvy or different. Um, and it was more for my health. And I got on the scales that morning with my PT and I was like, oh my God, like I've not been on the scales for like two years, I don't think. And I was like, is that actually what I weigh? And I started crying and even she started crying my PT. And my mum started crying and we were what? all sat there and we're all in tears. I'm like, we're crying on my weight. Like, this is mad. I thought, I can't do this anymore. Like, I've got to work for it. Like, I'm not as easy as like, Danielle or my dad who don't have to do anything or lift a finger. So that day, I thought, you know what? I've got to just now start my own journey and try and lose weight. And from that day, it's been a battle since then, really. So it's been mm. like three years now of constantly trying to... It's funny you say that as well, because obviously I can relate to you in so many ways. Because obviously you're from the Fogarty family. Yeah. Your dad's like a big legend, obviously, in the motor motorcycling world. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in yeah. a minute. But also I had two famous brothers and people don't really understand that. Yeah. Like until the age of 27, I was the unfamous brother. Yeah, um, just like me. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I had my own little sort of profile in Manchester and for now, but it can have an impact on you when yeah, someone does. like you, because your sister had like followers. She was probably more well known. And like you said, she kind of had it all, so to speak. And even though you don't resent them for it, there is a moment where you kind of, you, without even realizing, you're almost looking for your own little moment mm -hmm. and your own kind of, I don't know, limelight, so to yeah, speak, do you know what I mean? Yeah, true, yeah. So how did you kind of get that strength to make that decision then to get to where you wanted to be? Like, So you, you felt low. What were the next steps then from getting to that point? Uh, I think for me, it was just, right, change the way you literally, your life. Like a diet isn't a diet, it's a lifestyle change. Mm. Like you can't just have a week where you eat nothing and then be like back to eating again. And that was what I kept battling with. It was like... I would try and lose weight years before that and I would be like, oh, you know what, I'll just eat a salad today but then I'll snack on chocolate later and think that was all right. And it was just triggering a switch in me that was like, choose fruit or choose nuts, like don't go for the chocolate. And from that day on, it was just like, change your life, like get up and go for a walk, do the gym most days, don't go out drinking all the time because that was a big thing, being hungover and eating crap all the time. Mm. And it did take me that long really, it was only a few months. And also I met someone at the time and when you first in a relationship, you want to look your best. It yeah. was like... I just got single again. I was like, right, I need to make an impact now. And then I lost the way and then I found someone. And then I kind of just, from then on, I've been like this all the time. Mm. Like, it's hard for me to stay flat and just be one like one way. Like, even now, I know from being in the villa, I put weight on again. I'm like, for God's sake. <laughs> um, it's constant. But I think you've got to just change the way you live. Um, and that was a big thing for me because it is a lifestyle change. It's not something you just do overnight. Like, I'll still look in the mirror every day and be like, oh God. But like, it's just... It's a hard thing. I don't think you'll, I'll ever come to terms with it. I think it'll always be a battle, but I'm happy to say now I am very like happy where I am. It's just- But we talked about this, that have you, you still having some kind of complex around oh, it? Because definitely, I, I, um, I know my, my twin brother Adam, I hope you don't mind me saying, well, I'm going to say it anyway. Um, <laughs> basically he was always the, the chubby one, yeah. uh, the chubby That's twin. Me, yeah. um, and even to this day, he still looks at himself in the mirror and he thinks so, he's fat. And he, he struggles to take his T-shirt off on holidays with the family. And he won't even come away with us sometimes, me and, me and my bros, me and Ryan, because of that actual sort of fear of taking his top off around us. 
And I'm like, I didn't, like, you're in great shape, you're slim, yeah. but he's still got that kind of it's heritage hard. mindset around being the, the chubby twin. But, like, for you, what would you say is, like, because um, looking back as a kid, we were horrible. Like, I used to call him Tubbs, like. Yeah, looking, I got, yeah, I got called that as well. Yeah, so I, I feel terrible now. You don't realise as a kid, but yeah, talk to me about, like, one of your lowest moments when you actually felt like you were being kind of singled out for being, I don't know, the fat, funny one, like you mentioned, like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I think it probably was at school and like, school didn't help because they had a vending machine and I would eat there and then we'd get takeaways at lunchtime. And the one moment for me was, I think we all went on a girls night and I looked at pitch and I was like, oh my God, I look like that compared to all my friends. Like, I just felt horrible. And like, my dad would always joke around me and, you know, and say like, you need to lose a bit of weight and stuff like that. And and I used to go have a go with him and I'm like, he's not doing it to be nasty, he's doing it just to help me out. Mm. Um, and they would always say like, you know, Claudia, like you need to be a bit more healthier and start moving a bit more, like, you know, eat a bit less. And I was, I have got, that made me worse. I'm like, no, you know what? I'm happy with how I am. Like, leave me alone, but I wasn't. I knew I wasn't. Um, so I think when family starts to notice it, and then when family starts to notice you're losing weight, then that was like a nice feeling. Like that was like, a, oh my God, I actually like, I actually am. Um, but I think, yeah, as soon as like you hear it from someone close to you, then that's where it's like, oh, Yeah, because you, I do need cause you know it's not coming from a place of, like kind of ridicule they're doing yeah. it because they care about you and obviously care about your health so yeah, 100%. but like you must like look at yourself now and, and and like we said it's not about listen you weren't overweight no you just weren't just unhealthier yeah exactly and and you must look at yourself now and just go because honestly i just think you look unbelievable Thank and, and like to see you now with not only looking amazing, but like that big personality shining through and going onto a show like Love Island, having that yeah. platform. The reason like I want to talk about this is because I feel like I want to kind of highlight to any young girls out there who are listening mm. that it's not always a straight path to no, it's not. to feeling amazing and confident. And even now I have I I, even now I have imposter syndrome when I'm presenting yeah. this. Or like I think sometimes people put people on pedestals. I think so. I think people look at me now and I'm like, you know, she's got everything. She's this. She's that. But Nobody is inside your brain. No one knows like what battle you're going through. And like, even in the villa, like the girl's like, Claudia, why don't you back yourself? And I'm like, I don't know. It's just something I've never been able to do. Like, you know, coming out of there maybe has made me stronger and different, but it's hard. Like you look at yourself in the mirror and it's not what everyone else sees. And even now, like I go to bed at night, I know I've eaten crap and I'm like, oh my God, I'll breathe out in the mirror and be like, what are you doing? Like stop beating yourself about it all the time. Like there is more to life. Then, you know, having a burger at night and like not feeling bad about it, like you've got to balance your life out. But I do hope that this is a thing for girls like listen to this and to realize that, you know, you can do it, but also it'll never get easier. It's always going to be a battle. Like it still is today. Like I don't feel the way I did before I went in the villa. And that's like, I spoke to someone this morning. She's like, but Claudia, you still look the same. Mm. Like, yeah, I know to you, but in, to me, I feel still like, oh, you know, I've put weight on, I've ate chips last night. I don't feel like the way I should, but it's like a constant battle and I'm, you've got to learn to be happy with yourself and it's a big journey. It takes a long time. Mm. And I think, when will anyone ever be happy with themselves? Like Instagram doesn't help. Editing pictures and now by looking at what girls do puts you down. It's like, oh my God, I want to look like that, but it's not all real. Like, and I've come to realize that like, everyone's got a different body shape. Like I look at Danielle, we're a similar size, but different body shape. Mm. So I still don't fit in her clothes, but that's not, doesn't mean that I'm that bigger than her. It just mm. means I've got a different shape to her. and it's learning to live with your body and just being happy with it. And it's it's hard, it's, it's still hard today, but mm. I feel more confident now and I, and I 100% am, but I'm still always battling with that weight issue. Maybe it's just something that will always be in my head. Do you know what? It's kind of links back to like mental health. Um, mm. Obviously I still see a therapist now after all these years, I check in with him once a month because you never kind of fixed or no. you, you never like the finished article is an ongoing process. Definitely. Um, 
But I do feel like it would be good for you to get to a point where you are just confident in your own skin. Because you see people who go, I just, you know what, I am who I am. I'm really confident in my own skin. Do you think you'll ever get to that point? Or do you think like... I think so. Yeah, I think I'm definitely getting there. And I think Love Island has helped me. Like, I've come out and I'm like, you know what, everyone's seen me with no makeup on, like, walk around in a bikini. Like, everyone has seen me. And then the day I came out, there was... That you've seen everything, you know, there's a paparazzi outside my yeah. house and followed me. And then them pictures, I thought, oh my God. Then it triggered me again. I was like, I've come out feeling really confident. And now you just put a picture of me on looking like an absolute sloth. <laughs> and now I feel horrendous again. So it's always a battle, but I think I, I have learned to love myself. I definitely have. But I don't know if I'll ever be like 100% happy. Mm. And maybe that is like talking to someone about it and opening up to people. Like this is the first time I've ever spoken about my weight journey. I don't talk about it to anybody really. My friends and family know about it, but no one else really knows that I was bigger back then or like how I struggle with it in my head. And it is like a mental health thing. Like mm -hmm. it's, it is, but I'm, I'm not saying I'm, it makes puts me down because I am such a positive person. It, well, I won't ever let it put me down, um, but it will always be a struggle. Yeah. And that's, that's the reason why I asked you to come on to this podcast because I wouldn't just bring someone on just because they've been on Love Island. Ever yeah. since the moment I've met you, it's weird. It's because I see, the confidence in you. For example, you'll be at the Couture Club party in Trafford Centre. No, so and, I'm dropping on the floor doing the whack. That's yeah, like, <laughs> literally on stage. Not even that drunk at this stage. Like, right. <laughs> And I turned around to my team and went, we need to sign her. She's just a star. She's got it. But then when I speak to her, there's also a layer of like vulnerability yeah. and, and kind of a little bit of like insecurity as well, which I think is kind of endearing. And I can kind of relate to it in so many ways. I can be like the loudest guy in the room. I can mm. um, be so confident in so many other ways. And so sort of insecure in, in so many other ways as well. And it's, it is an ongoing process. And I think that's really endearing about you. You managed to kind of switch between the yeah, two. Yeah, I can be two people. Like I can be like, even my mum knows I am very insecure at home. And like, she'll always tell me, Claudia, you look beautiful. What you want about? Like even last night trying outfits on. We, we laugh about it together because that's just the way we are. But there definitely is two sides to me. Like there's a fun, like even in the villa, like everyone was like, you are the bundle of fun. And then when they saw me crying, it was like, Oh my god, this is like a, a soft side to me I've not seen, and it's like I definitely have got those. It, it's a good, like, good thing to have, but I want to be the happy person more than I want to be the, the vulnerable person. But you've got to show that sometimes, and life is a battle. It's not always going to be like this all the time. It's like up and down constantly, and mm. that's what everyone needs to just come to terms with. So let's talk about it. So you change your lifestyle, and yeah. what I love about you is you still love a night out, right? You still, of course. yeah, you still love a good party, but you're also into your fitness, yeah. your wellness, like so. What does like a daily routine look like to you? Like how do you kind of lean into the fitness but then balance that with living your life as well? Yeah, well, not in my head. I always see is if you're good Monday to Friday, you can let your hair down on the weekend. And I've got a PT with my mum, which really helps. So she comes twice a week. I do Pilates. So you train with your mum? Train with my mum, yeah. That. My mum is, oh my God, fitness freak. She will literally smash me on anything. Can like, I just say something like your mum, Michaela, is just literally... I just want her as my mum. Like obviously, I was speaking to her during the whole process of you being in Love Island, and she was just literally like, oh, she's, brilliant. she's just on everything, and she cares about you so much, you guys, oh, and it just shines through. And yeah. she just, she's, she's beautiful as well. We are such a close family. Like, mm. I mean, me and my mum do everything together. Like, obviously, I've moved, I'm back at home now, so like, we'll do anything. If I'm free in a day, it'll be spent with my mum. Mm. Like, like I said, doing the gym. Like, but she's so competitive in everything she does. <laughs> No, she is. Like, if I if we're doing the gym together and I'm running faster, she'll run two more, like two miles per hour faster than me. Because mm. that's but that's the family we are. We are quite a competitive family. Like, obviously, I get that from my dad. So yeah, my mum is like my she's like my partner in grind. So she so friend. she trains with you. Go she on. Trains and you with do me. Pilates. Do Pilates with her again. Um, I do once. Danielle does another one with her once a week. We go on walks. 
I'm lucky that my mum is into fitness and health as well. So like at lunch, we'll have a healthy lunch. Yeah. And then she'll cook us like a really good dinner. And then at night, like we will sit there and have a bit of popcorn or an ice lolly or something. Yeah. But I'll always try Monday to Friday to be healthy. And then when it comes to like a Saturday, I know that if I'm having a sandwich for my lunch, it's fine. Like, cause I've been really good during the week and I can enjoy a night out. But then for me, I think nights out with probably, I think it's with age, are getting a bit more like, you know, it takes three days to get over a hangover now. <laughs> so going out on a Saturday, I'm not eating healthy till the Wednesday cause I'm still feeling like crappy. So I'm now trying to be like, you know what? Let's not go out as much anymore. And if you really want to start being healthy, it's, drinking's a killer. Yeah. Like it puts weight on you and then you feel crap two days later. So you're eating like constant burgers and stuff all the time. But I got to the point where I could balance it both. And as long as I knew I was good during the week, I would just let my hair down and enjoy myself. During but how the does weekend. that life differ now to the old Claudia, say from like four or five years ago? Like how, were you not exercising? Like no. were you just literally like comfy eating all the time? Like literally, yeah. Like I didn't do anything. Like, oh, I'd still do that gym. I'm on like once, twice a week. But I would think my mindset was if I've done the gym, I can go and eat something now. Yeah. And it's eight, is it 8% what you eat? 80% like diet, 20% exercise. Yeah. And I didn't know that. That's so why I was like doing the gym. And then I would think, well, I burnt 700 calories so I can go and eat a thousand. And that was how my mindset worked. So I didn't realize that it was the eating for me. So I started obviously doing the gym and then realizing in my head, God, it's the food. So back then I would, yeah, I'd just eat. It's the snacking. So I'd eat lunch and my tea, but dinner tea. And then like during the day I would snack on like crisps and chocolate and then at night time I'd have a bag of Maltese, I'd finish the whole bag. And mm. it's learning that food is the killer. It's not the exercise, like it's the food that's the thing that you need to stop the most. Yeah, so I think, I think that's something I can really relate to. Obviously with food thoughts, we just focus heavily on nutrition because that's what completely changed my thing. life. Yeah. Literally from Love Island, I couldn't get back into shape. And, yeah. and it's because I didn't know what I was doing with my nutrition. But now I understand that you can eat what you actually want. It's just about having the right calories for you. And once you understand that, like you said, you can live a lot more balanced life. You can have the odd drink here and there. You can have a pizza and everything else, but it's just making sure you have everything in, in moderation. Yeah, I think, I wish back then I had something to follow like what you've got. I think like I was doing it off my own back mm. um, and I probably wasn't doing it in the healthy way. Like, I think I lost it quick because I wasn't eating enough. Yeah. So I would probably not eat till like one o'clock. I would fast. Yeah. I wouldn't eat till like one o'clock and then... I wouldn't, I'd have like a soup for my lunch. Then I wouldn't eat anything until tea and then it'd be really small and then I wouldn't snack. But that wasn't the right way. And now I know that. But back then, because I wanted to lose it so fast, I was just not really eating much at all. Mm. Um, and then my mum would be like, you know, that you, you're losing weight, but you need to make sure it maintains and you need to be still being healthy. So now I'm at the point where I'm like, right, I need to eat. Because obviously eating is like the main thing, but it's eating the right things at the right time. Mm. It's a it's a mind for so many diets out there as well. Like it's so hard, like, you're fasting, I started doing a juice cleanse for a week and then that's not good because you're losing weight in four days but then you put it on again because mm. you're going to eat the week after. So it's choosing the right one for you and just, it is eat less, move more and that's all you can 100%, do. 100%, all these different diets, we say this at Food Force all the time, they're all the same thing. Juicing yeah. diets, um, keto diets, all they're doing is put you in a calorie deficit but you can put yourself in a calorie deficit and make it fun and actually sustainable. And that's what we practice at Food Thoughts. And, mm. and I think one thing that you obviously did is you actually asked for help. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It sounds like you got a PT, yeah. you surround yourself with like people like your mum, you kind of had a little bit of knowledge. I think knowledge is key. So I think for anyone like listening to this who wants to make a change, like mm. don't be like sort of shy to ask for help. And I think a lot of people yeah. kind of feel like insecure and feel trapped. What would you say now to a young Cordia or even someone listening to this, mm. who's basically feeling a little bit like they're struggling with with the confidence, they're not happy with how they are. Like, what would you say to them like that kind of helped you? I'd definitely say talk to somebody about it because a problem share, a problem hard, a problem share is a problem hard. I think I battled with it on my own for too long and I wish I'd have opened up about it like sooner. And the minute I told my mom, 
my mum was like, right, well, let's do it. Let's change something then. Like, you know, let's make you feel confident again. And it helped my mum as well because my mum struggles with her way. And even she will admit she still does today. And me doing it was helping her do it. So having someone to do it with you is the best thing. Mm -hmm. And just ask for help. Like, you know, I mean, even ask me, there's, there's people that are in the same boat. Everyone struggles away. Like even mm -hmm. the, the thinnest person in the world, everyone battles with it, I think. And it's one thing that as women, probably more than men that we always, like, the amount of messages I've had about like, how did you lose weight? Like, how did you do this? Like, I kind of want to help people with it because it is hard. Like it's having the right person to talk to and seeing what some the journey someone else has gone through. And I think if I wish I'd have opened up about it sooner and asked for help sooner, mm. rather think, than leaving it till like the age of whenever I did 25. Yeah, and I think it's really important as well to stress, like you said before, there's nothing wrong with being a little bit curvy. We're not trying no, to body shape. Oh God, no, no. It, it's all. more about it's being confident yeah. as well within your own skin. And you clearly weren't and you wanted to get to a certain point to feel that way. So I've listened, I think you've, you've done incredible. And I think it's really brave what you've done today coming on here talking about this because Obviously, you were telling me that you were really nervous about talking about this topic. And I get it. Well, in fact, I don't get it because I've never been in that situation. Yeah. But I know obviously through like having my twin brother and stuff like that, that it's not easy talking about this. No. But I know through talking about this, you'll kind of inspire, inspire a lot of people as well. I hope so. It's with enormous pride that I can announce that British Triathlon have come on board as the official sponsor for Series 3 of Learning As I Go. For anyone who follows me and the podcast, you will know that I'm super passionate about self-development and I'm always looking for new ways to push myself out of my comfort zone, whether that be in business, fitness, or just my wellness journey in general. This year, I was looking for a new challenge that would push me out of my comfort zone, but also help you, if you want to, to come along on the journey with me too. So I'm going to be doing a sprint triathlon. A triathlon combines the skills of swimming, cycling, and running. There are different versions and distances, but I've decided to focus on the sprint event. This is a really nice entry level into the sport, and I feel it will allow me to perfect the skills in each field to then maybe progress to do the full triathlon next year. It's a 750 meter swim, followed by a 20K bike ride, finished off by a 5K run. I mean, I've not been swimming in years and I've never even been on a road bike, so this is definitely gonna be something different. But I would love for you to come on this journey with me. I sign up to the event I'm taking part in July in Sunderland. I've got various discounts and offers available for you if this is something you fancy doing. We can literally learn as we go together and complete the race in July. How cool would that be? Each episode, I'll be giving you updates on the journey and sharing with you any top training tips I've learned along the way. If you are up for joining me, you can find out more by clicking the link in this podcast episode notes and use my code LEARNING25 and that will give you £25 off the sprint distance race. British Triathlon will get you all the details you need alongside a training pack and I'll even be hosting a monthly Zoom where we can jump on and check in on each other's progress. Now this is going to be very special and I'm so proud to have such a special sponsor on board for the podcast. Roll on Series 3. You've obviously got like a, a massive support system around you. Um, like I adore your family. Like it's the best family. Obviously I came to Danielle's wedding. I was with, um, is it Grandma Joan? Yeah, I know, I know, Auntie Joan. Auntie, Auntie, jo Auntie Joan, who's like 80 odd, right? Oh, she was obsessed with you. So yeah, I was spending a lot of time with Auntie Joan. That sounded so weird. Um, <laughs> but literally, like, your whole family is just amazing. Like, they're just, like such, a, like a barrel of laughs. Like, they're just, yeah. just like high energy. They, they know how to party. Like, and they're and you're all so close as well, obviously. So close. Like, what's it like being part of the, the famous Fogarty family? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. I love it, like... I'm so lucky because you look at other families and some aren't as close, some are more broken. And 
I am so happy that I've got such a close family. I mean, they're amazing, but we bicker, we all argue all the time, you know, like, with our family, we're quite big on banter, but it goes to the point where sometimes we'll all fall out over it. Like, mm. my dad will say to my mum, it'll take it too far, and then it'll cause a massive argument. But that's just the way we are. Like, we probably take the piss out of each other more than we do say nice things to each other, and mm. that's, like, a big thing with us. But I think that's just the way we are. But, yeah, like, growing up, we were just always been so close. And obviously, it was hard being young because my dad was away a lot. So we didn't spend much time with them younger. I think that's why now we are so close because they were away all the time when we were younger, and, you know, my dad was really busy, and... I think mentally my dad then was a lot in a different headspace to what he is now. So I think it's nice now that we're all growing up more. We all get to spend more time together because we're not as busy as we were back then. And, mm. and it's nice just to be so close. Well, let's talk, let's talk about your dad because your yeah. dad is like a legend. And, and and I mean that in a way that, for example, I don't really follow like um, motor racing or anything yeah. like that. But even I know who Carl Fogarty is because he just surpassed so much and achieved so much in his career. He won like, was it four world championships, uh, superbike championships? Yeah. Um, he set so many different records. Um, what's it like being the daughter of such a, a, a legend? It's it's weird because like when I was younger, I um, obviously I was too young, so I didn't really understand it. I kind of got my dad when he had his own race team, you know, and we were still traveling a bit, but it wasn't as intense. But I think obviously the reason he retired when he was, I think he was only in his 30s, was because my mum was like, this is now, it's a dangerous sport. Like it really is. And like you could die, like you do the TT and someone dies every year on the TT and it's not it's not a great way to live like when you've got two young kids at the time. Um, and I think like back then my dad was a lot different, like he was very, you know, he didn't really like being around people, he was very headstrong. And then I think when we got older and growing up, it was more like, you know, I want you to have an amazing life and kind of softened him a little bit. Mm. I think when you're racing, you're kind of, you're not concerned about winning, that you don't really... Have, like you're not as nice as people whereas now I think even the jungle changed his life him because mm. he had to be around people he's never been around and he had to overcome his fears but growing up I feel like it was an amazing experience like we got to travel so many places like we got to meet so many people that's something I want to talk to you about though because obviously you were quite young but you must have asked your mum this question like literally every time that Carl went out to race like you said he could lose his life mm. and you guys could have lost a father like did your mum ever talk about how difficult that was? Or was it, am I guessing for someone who's in that industry, because they're so passionate about it, it's just a non-negotiable. Like they have to do it or they don't feel alive. Is that how you felt or? Yeah, I think, I mean, he stopped doing the TT because my mum said, this is dangerous. And then um, his last race he ever did was in Australia, I think. And he came off his bike and my mum thought he died. He didn't move. He was like, literally in the middle of um, this racetrack. Like my mum was like, that was it. And that moment, I think he broke so many bones in hospital for weeks. She was like, you just can't do this anymore. Like, as much as you love it and you love the thrill, your life is at risk. And I think that clicked him and he was like, God, this is dangerous. Like, and he had to retire and he retired so young. And I think he struggled with that because he's such a thrill seeker and he loves adrenaline and he loves to like win things that having to quit something that he was so passionate about was really hard. Mm. And even now, like, he'll go off on his bike one day and he'll come back and he'll have broken his finger. And mum's like, you're an idiot. Like, you need to slow down. But he, he won't. He will, honestly, he will never stop. But Have I seen a clip of your dad coming through a party at your house yeah. on a motor, on a crosser? He's got no fear. Like, that <laughs> man has no fear. Like, he literally, we had a party and he drove through on a bike. He nearly knocked over Ross's mum. Like, he was driving around the pool table. <laughs> like, he's mad. Like, he's mad as a box of frogs. But, yeah, I think when he did quit racing he did maybe become a bit different because he missed it um and he had to kind of live with that because he'd been in such an amazing experience like thousands of people coming hundreds of thousands of people coming to watch you like win a race 
And then that's just gone. It's like, wow, that big, that feeling's been taken away from me now. Um, and it's hard to come to terms with him because he was young when he retired. It did change him a little bit. But then he had his race team. Obviously, he's, he's busy with like Ducati and things like that now. Um, but yeah, I think my mum just, it was too dangerous to and kind you, of carry on. And you talk about him being a, a thrill seeker and obviously kind of always chasing that big moment. And you've mentioned to me personally before that he's obviously struggled with his mental health sometimes. Like, talk to me a little bit about that. Is it like kind of adjusting to that kind of slow lane of, yeah, of life? Yeah, I think because of what he has gone through in life, it has raised some mental health issues. Like, he suffers really bad with anxiety, my dad. Um, and I think that is because in his head, he does live in the past quite a lot. And, you know, he, he loved the race and he loved the thrill of everything that it's like he misses it in a way. And sometimes, like, even like events, or he's not really a big social person. So, like, he'll get anxiety if he knows that we're going to something where there's going to be a lot of people and, like, you know, where he's not really in control of it. And he'll openly admit this. And I think even me being away, he had massive anxiety me not being around. And I, when I came home, my mum was like, he's changed already. I think he doesn't realise how much he actually loves us until mm -hmm. he, until we're gone. And when I came back, he was literally like, oh, actually, I've really missed you. My dad never says that. He was like, I'm really proud of you. He said, but I couldn't watch it. Like, I was getting anxiety over it. Like, when you were crying, I didn't know what to do myself. Like... And it's been hard for him, but like, I think he's obviously got help now. He's seen someone and he, yeah, anxiety has been a massive thing for my dad. It's so weird to her and think that someone who's had a career like him still would get anxious about anything. Yeah. Like for me, there would be nothing more kind of scary than jumping on a motorbike and risking your life every race. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting how uh, anxiety can affect people in different walks of yeah, life. Do you know definitely. what I mean? And the fact that he still struggles with that. And I think my dad probably once upon a time was like, mental health, what is that? That's not like a thing. Because he's from that area when they probably yeah. didn't talk about it. Yeah, but now it's got spoke about a lot more and he's kind of thinking, hang on a minute, that is, that's me. I do suffer with that. And I think it's, my dad's not really an emotional person. He doesn't like opening up. And I think he got to the point where he had to and I probably watched him cry once and I was like, you know, talk to us. Like, that's what we are, your family, and that's what we're here for. And he has really struggled with it. But I think, you know, coming to terms with it is the biggest thing. Once you've done that and overcome that, you can overcome anything. And he's got an amazing family around him, you know, and he, he talks about it a bit more now when he's obviously a lot better. But it's just something that, you know, a lot of people get and it's not, it isn't spoke about enough. Well, fair play to him for talking about it because that's step one, step one in anything. And even you being on here today, yeah. I know how difficult that is for you to talk about what you've been through in yeah. terms of like, your relationship to yourself and your body and everything else. And the fact that your dad's managed to talk about it, I always say that's kind of step one. And it's something that I've never really struggled with. For some reason, I feel like I, I've always been happy to talk about having a therapist or whatever else. I don't know why I'm so comfortable mm, doing it. Though. But I do know that I think the fact that I know it helps other people, I kind of thrive off that as well. Do you know what I mean? In terms of it just through working on myself mm. and it kind of indirectly helps other people. And for some reason, I find it really comfortable, but I know how difficult it is for a lot of people Definitely. to come in. Definitely, like this is the first time I've ever spoke about weight really to anyone that's not my friends or family. But I think now, obviously, when you get a bit more of a following and people are like, are interested in you, it's like, oh, well, I want to help others and I want to, you know, show that I'm not always a smiley half person and there is another side. Mm. And that everyone's got a battle with something. Mm. Um, and for me, obviously it was weight, but I don't mm. want anyone to think that I was moaning that I was big or I was fat because I'm not saying I was, I just was a lot bigger and I wasn't happy. And mm. I think happiness is the main key. And if I'd have carried on the way I was and I mentally would have gone down a spiral. So I think that's the main thing is just to make sure you open up about it and talk mm. like weight's a battle for a lot of people and not everyone really opens up about it. Mm. And I'm just glad that I can now and I've got a bit more of a following to talk about it because I hope that I can help someone on their journey. But 
yeah, it's not easy to talk about. Like, no. it really isn't. Because I'm, I'm sat here thinking, oh, God, I'm just eating a sandwich now. <laughs> That's what I mean. You sit here and I still feel like, oh, the angle's probably not right. And I think when you will ever get comfortable, I don't know. Um, but it's learning to live with it and then, and then go. But I think, around. like, through spending time on your own over these last year or so, Definitely. That's where the growth is coming. I hope you don't mind saying this, and I'm probably going to catch you a little bit off guard here. But I feel like with you sometimes, like from what I've seen, that you like to be in a relationship, yeah. or you've been in relationships pretty much all your life. Yeah. And I've noticed that with certain girls, like who some girls who, who have always known since growing up, they've always had to be in a relationship for whatever yeah, reason. And do you feel like being in a relationship gives you self worth, like kind of security? Like, do you feel like in a way that's kind of You've been your comfort blanket being in a relationship with someone. I think so. So I've had three long-term relationships and I've not really had much of a gap in between. So when I broke up with my ex, it took me a lot. So I was like, I kind of went for the past the six months relationship just being like, you know, I don't really want to end it because I'm scared. Like, mm. because I'm scared to end it and I've loved having him around. And it got to the point where I was like, you know what, I'm actually not happy. And I hadn't been single. And in my head, I was like, it's not about being single and going and doing what you want. It's being single and working on yourself. Like you've got to love you. You've got to learn to love yourself before you can love anybody else. And I think I didn't love myself so much. Maybe that was because the guy I was with. I don't know. But when we broke up, I panicked and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm single. I need to find someone quick." And my sister was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I don't know. I need a relationship again." Like, and he's find someone. She was like, "No, you don't. Like, enjoy yourself. Like, work on you, and then find someone." I'm like, "No, no, I need to." And it took me a few months. Like, I think it took me to like September time to be like, "I'm actually happy." Like, I'm happy on my own. Probably when you saw me at the wedding, I just mm -hmm. hit the point where I was like, I'm a new, new lease of life. Like, there's no one to answer to. Like, I can work on myself now. I can love myself. And when the right person comes along, they will come along and I'm not going to force that. And that's what I think a lot of girls, like even my cousin, she'll be having me say this. Like, she's like been single for a few years and she's like, well, why? Why have I not found someone yet? And why not? And I'm like, the right person will come at the right time and you've got to be happy in yourself first and then it will all fall to place. Mm -hmm. Probably the reason why I did Love Island as well. Like, and I'm probably happy to have come back on my own now. But yeah, definitely, I think being single for me, it's the longest time I've been single for now. So it's mm. actually loving it. Like, I think I remember saying to you at a wedding, actually, like, I think you were talking about guys or something. I was like, just stay on your own for a bit. Yeah. Like, it's doing you wonders. Like, you are literally becoming, like, the new version of you. You're discovering who you are and there's definitely. so much power and growth in that. And then, obviously, you went on to Love Island and, and there was an element of, obviously, well, let's talk about the Casey situation. Yeah. There's an element where I was watching that kind of unfold and I was thinking, is it really about Casey? Yeah. Or was it bringing out that kind of, maybe that insecurity in you where you kind of felt, because listen, it's a horrible feeling when you feel like you're being rejected. I mean, I'm, petri I'm petrified of being rejected. Same. I think that's why I don't get into a relationship. <laughs> like for me, it's like, yeah. and if sometimes I feel like I'm getting closer. It's like, I have to end it first to go yeah. just before like it gets to that point. That's because, so true. And I think, like, I remember my first love when I was 21. Literally, I'm not even lying to you. It took me like six years to get over that breakup. Mm -hmm. And it was just the thought of being rejected. I couldn't deal with it because it does like... It's horrible. So how was that for you? And knowing that that was happening on a TV show, like how did it God, make you feel? It's hard because before that, they would ask you questions and they'd say, have you ever been rejected before? And I was like, yeah, probably. Then I'm like, actually, I haven't really. I will, I've, in relation, been the dumper. I've always been the, dump, the one that dumps them. <laughs> Honestly, I have. And I've, I've never really had that line where no one's wanted me. So being in there, I didn't think it would happen. I was like, I found this guy and I really liked him and we like clicked from the start. And then when I did get like rejected, it was like, oh my God, like I'm in this villa now with someone that I actually really like and he's just rejected for somebody mm. else. And it really hit a nerve in me and that's really why I cried so much because yeah, probably it wasn't just the fact it was hitting. 
it was the fact of being rejected by someone and it's a horrible feeling. Mm. And I probably haven't gone through that really much in my life because I've always, like you said, mm. before it gets that point, I'll just leave him because I'm like, no, no, I'd rather me do it to you. So it was really hard. And I, I think in there, I, didn't, I thought, oh, you know what? It's just a TV show, it'll be fine. You know, you actually go through the motions in there and it actually did really upset me. Um, but like you said, I think it was more the fact of being rejected rather than it was who but, it actually was. But when you actually take a step back, man, when it comes to relationships and everything yeah. else, like if you think about it, it's not always about you. Like if you think about how humans work, it can be more about them and whatever they're going through. But sometimes when we do feel like we're being dumped, mm. we're so easy to pick on ourselves. What, well, it's me, there's something wrong with me or... And that was me, I think. And then that's where I was like, and all the girls in there were like, why are you not backing yourself? Even like Tom would say to me, why have you not backed? Like, it's, what so is hard, like, it's so hard though, it's so hard. And then I just thought, is it me the way I look? Like, mm. And then the weight thing would come in, I'm like, and then I'd wake up that morning after and I'd look in the mirror like, oh, maybe it's because I've put on weight since being here. I'm like, Claudia, what are you doing? And it took like the girls and like some of the boys in there to be like, back yourself. And I'm mm. like, it's all, I can't. Like, I've, I've never backed myself really ever. I think coming out of there and now 100% feel like I do back myself a lot more. And uh, maybe that's the journey I needed to go on to be where I am now and to be like, no, what, Claudia, you are worth it to someone and you are an amazing person because the love I've had since coming out, I do feel like, wow, I am a good person. Mm. But yeah, it was one thing in there where I'm like, why, do I not, why am I not backing myself enough? Like, just because one guy out of these eight boys that have been picked from this whole world yeah. doesn't want me, why does that mean that I'm, I feel like I'm not worth it to him? Like, in, it took a while for me, but then coming out, I realised... I'm like, what was I even thinking? It's so like, hard, isn't it, when you're in the situation? Like I've done it before. I'm like, and I can't follow my own advice. So if I, if someone's going through a breakup, oh, I'd be yeah. giving the best advice, saying back yourself. <laughs> Come on, have you seen it? You're yeah. stunning. Like, but then when it comes to yourself, you, you just you feel like you've been kind of knocked. And 100%. for me, there's there's confidence and certain people just got it. Like you know when someone walks in a room, right? Yeah. And they don't have to be the loudest guy in a room. They just, they don't care about what other yeah. people, you know when people say you're going to be happy when you don't care what other people think, it's so true. Yeah, it is. And I, I live my life like I'm so dependent on validation from other people, yeah. whether it's followers, whether it's my peers or anything else. When in actual fact, like I want to get to the point a little bit like you where I'm just confident in my own skin and yeah. no one can come and kind of shake that because 100%. I think being in relationships, that kind of brings all that to the surface. And I can kind of relate to it. Like, I think there's so many similarities with me and you. Like, we both come from um, a famous family. Yeah. We've both got, like, siblings who kind of, we get compared to a lot. Because mm -hmm. obviously you and Daniela, like, you're similar, but you're chalk. chalk you're chalk, chalk, chalk and cheese. And then also we both did a reality show at the age of, like, you did your 28 now, yeah. I was 27. Yeah. So we've been through quite kind of similar journeys. So I can see lots of similarities as well but I just feel like you're on a journey now where things are just going to get so much more exciting for you. Yeah. And I just I just want you to back yourself. And obviously we're working with the social PR and we're so excited about what's to come because yeah. you've got so many different layers to you. And like you are- like an onion that's getting peeled away slowly. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why I want yeah. to get you on there on, on this podcast because it's not just like loud Claudia or you can jump on no. stage at any moment or anything else. You are, got, you've got that vulnerability and you've overcome a lot. And I think by talking about this, you're going to help so many people, but what is like next for you now then in terms of what is it you want to kind of achieve over the next like say five years? What's, what would be the dream for you? You've got your brand, obviously, um, Sister yeah, Stories. Yeah, I've got the brand, which obviously doing really well um, and I can't wait to push that further. Tell us a little bit about it. What's, what's that, what kind of brand is it? So I've got a brand with Sister, obviously Sister Stories. Um, and it's like, do you know what we wanted to do was build like a business, we'll build a brand where it was 
something for everyone, like an everyday piece. Yeah. Like, so like a tracksuit everyone would wear or a vest top, that's like the best a vest top that you've got or like mm. a, a blazer. And I just think that there's somewhere missing for that and we are kind of bringing it out now. And it's weird because me and Danielle are different in styles as well. So we argue all the time over, I want this one, no, I want this one. And it's really hard to work with a sibling and come to terms <laughs> with it and be like, actually, you know, I have to say Danielle's the better at the style. So I've got to really believe in her and she's got to believe in me on the business side of things. Um, and we do work really well together. So that's building it, it, its way up. Um, and we've got a, lot, like a new launch collection is coming out. So we're going to launch that soon. Obviously, got a big help with Ross, with Control, and obviously he helps a lot with us. Um, we couldn't do it without him. But yeah, I really want to push that now and build on that. And obviously now, talking about this, like get into the more fitness side of things and the health like lifestyle and just work on me for the next like few months. And, you know, just see where this life takes me. I'm yeah. like, it's a, I've, I've opened up a box, so... I love that. You don't really put too much pressure on yourself either. No, I like, don't. Do you know what I mean? You're almost just like going with the flow and kind of seeing where things take you, but just doing things that you're passionate about. And I think that kind of shines through. And that's what I want to do. Like, obviously I've, I've did drama at uni, so I've always loved like being on the stage and acting and presenting things like that. That's, that's a me as a person. I would love to get into that as well. Um, Is it true that you can sing? Well, don't ask me now because I've got no voice. I can't, I, do you know what? I can hold a tune. I'm a very like musical theatre singing. Um, I can sing a little bit, but please do not ask right, me because okay. I have no voice we'll, we'll, in me right we'll, now. We'll save that for part, for part two. Listen, Claudia, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank and you. I just want you to know for me personally as well, just like never change, never change who you are. I will never like, change. Like you literally got it all. Do you know what I mean? Like if anyone met you in the street, you would be that same bubbly, like beautiful Northern soul that everyone loved on Love Island. You looked amazing. You've got an amazing story as well. And keep keep talking about it. Have yeah, the conference talk about it. this is definitely giving me that now to talk about it more. And I hope people do open up to me now and, and reach out and ask about it. And I'll be more than happy to to help if someone's going through the same battles of that I have with way. Oh, amazing. Definitely. It's been amazing. Thank you so much for joining me, Thank Claudia. you for having me. I've loved it. I could talk all day. I know, I could. As you can tell, I've got no yeah. voice. I'll do talk. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Give me a cuddle. Thanks. Oh, amazing. I'm just so glad that you got to listen in on that conversation with Claudia because I've known this girl for a while now and what she's overcome is pretty inspirational. She's not always been super confident. She has had her own struggles. It took a lot of bravery for her to come on today and talk about that. And I hope it's inspired anyone who's listening to it to kind of have hope really that you can make a massive change to your life as well. If you ask for help and if you just make a decision really to want the best for yourself as well. Um, so I just want to say a massive thank you to Claudia for just opening up. It's a great episode to launch a new series with. And I'm just grateful to be back here doing what I do. And I want to say thank you for continuously supporting the podcast. And trust me, this series is going to be special. And don't forget to check out the link and the discount code for British Triathlon this year. This is going to be a massive challenge that I'm taking on. And I want you to come along with me and maybe even do this race with me as well. So that'll be exciting. But thank you again for continuously supporting. Please follow and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I will see you next week for another brand new episode of Learning As I Go. This podcast was produced by Purposeful Podcasts.